You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's R&B Divas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's R&B Divas After Show. Oh, 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 hey, how y'all feeling right now? Yeah. 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 Y
at Angie Stone. I'm going to start calling her Mother Stone. <laughs> she's clearly trying to be that mother. Mother Stone, yeah. she had this thing called Gratitude Tea. And so uh, the two new characters for Atlanta was introduced. And the two members were uh, Latavia mm-hmm. Robinson, who's a former member of Destiny's Child, who's, you know, infam- infamously kicked out and found out that they were gone when they saw the same name video. And then... <laughs> And then Mila Williams, who's the former lead singer of 702. So what do you guys think about the new edition? First of all, <laughs> it's kind of bad to be like, I didn't know I was kicked out of a group until I saw the video. Like, me personally, I would feel a, like, I would be hurt deeply because over, I'm like, I'm thinking like, yo, you know what? Me, Alfred, and Ben, we're a group. If y'all came and did a show without me, and I'm like watching, like, oh, like, y'all changed the date of the show, time of the show, and it's like... Alfred, Bam, and Johnny. I would feel some type of way. Yeah. Well, mm. I think she. I clear. I think he clearly hit her because she talks briefly about how she dealt with substance abuse, mm. uh, which I'm assuming is drugs or some form of liquor. <laughs> She's on that yak, <laughs> you know. And so we'll we'll see how this story unravels, and then. Um, well, it, it probably, hopefully it wasn't a hard drug because she still looked good. She looked good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't trip. Is, she, Both she, of them look good. good they were yeah. one thing I could say. It's obviously that they wanted to bring uh, a new kind of air to the R.B. Divas brand. <laughs> because technically, to me, it was it was weird to see them at the same time. Because I was like, R.B. Divas, they had, like, powerhouse singers. And now, yeah. with them, they're more girl group-ish. But at the same time, like, uh, um, Mila, she was lead. So, I mean, I really I like 702 for all their songs. So it's like, okay, I, I'll give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they look good. They're young. They bring a, a, a fresh new vibe. But I still think they are liable to go right into the same kind of mentality and concept that the other women have been caught up in. Mm-hmm. I agree to you because overall you have to look at majority of the cast is still 70% of the same old cast. Mm-hmm. And again, people don't change who they are. New people kind of either, two two things happen. They either adapt to the situation or they rise above the situation. So my thing is, is are they going to rise above the situation or are they going to get caught up in the same drama, same attitude, same misconception of, you know what, I'm going to be just like them. And again, my thing is, are you going to make music? And that's the whole thing. You're an R&B diva. This is, what you, this is who you were once before. But are you going to move forward and be able to put at least one song out? Well, I think this is the issue. Angie Song in episode one, she was uh, with the radio DJ, which was, um, it was Chubb Rock, mm-hmm. who was, uh, I believe he was a rapper back in the 90s. Yeah. But she was saying to him how, let's be honest, you know, no one is really checking for us right now. And so we need to take advantage of this opportunity. So she has this gratitude tea, just the title alone, but anyway. So she has gratitude tea, and she brings all the women together, and she wants to have a music showcase. Weird idea to me. I thought when I even heard it out of his mouth, it was like, but they've been there, done that. I mean, when you do a showcase... It's not the same as a show. Even if it was like a private show, it's mm-hmm. just it just showcases very like amateur. I'm yes. just beginning. I'm just trying to get into this industry, and I don't think the women want to take that far of a step back 
and have to deal with that mm-hmm. as they already know they're newcomers, but they have to pull from their old selves mm-hmm. and bring it and reform and rejuvenate it. Yeah, and all the women brought up a good... Uh, they didn't like it. Yeah, they didn't like it. They absolutely <laughs> didn't like the fact that it was a showcase because when you think of a showcase, you think of a new artist. You know, that's like exactly. you... That's like you, uh, you know, you kind of are a singer. That's you all of a sudden having a showcase trying to, trying to let people know who you are and that you're trying to be a singer versus these women. They all have hits, mm-hmm. whether if they were in a group or if they sang, whatever the fact may be, yeah. they all all have had platinum records so that's just a showcase i think at this point in level in their career just because of the history that they have and the caliber of talent that's upon this show right now it shouldn't be a, a showcase everything should kind of be more directed toward a concert mm-hmm. it's a new relaunching of you know selena's music monifa r&b divas and i think that's what they failed to realize is that hey we're gonna do a showcase but it's not like okay well selena's coming out with the brand new album mm-hmm. monifa's coming out with the brand new album kiki's coming out with the brand new album this is her ep and this is how we're gonna market it now they kind of look at people as if like hey I'm a new talent, have nobody know who I am, and then I'm a showcase for free. No, these are caliber women, and they should look at things from a business perspective, saying that, you know what, I'm here to make money. I'm here to basically make a stand and reunite, re- reignite my career, and this is what I want to do. Even with DJ Biz Markie, this is what, to, this is what I want. To, what's his name? Did I say it wrong? Yeah. Chub Rock. Chub Rock. Biz My bad. But even with Chub Rock, you know, him being a DJ, okay, cool. This is what you do. Play their music so that people, so it can make them more relevant. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of say, oh, it's like uh, reuniting. I think that's because she came in a position of, you know, needing help. And when you're in a situation where you've been there, done that, and then you're trying to do something again, people are going to all of a sudden have an opinion. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think she necessarily had to go with his uh, opinion of wanting to do the showcase. I think uh, more so she should have took that as an opportunity to say, no, this is what we should be doing because she wants to make money and she needs to make an opportunity. I think Showcases is an opportunity. I think Angie's problem is she wants to try and be house mother. She wants to be in control and she wants to bring an idea to him. I think that she should have executed it a little bit better and rather than do a showcase said, you know, hey, who has has new music out? Then raise your hand. Well, I got got new cuts. I got new cuts. Then why don't you put together a concert and make Mm. some money? I think she should have just executed it better, me personally. And I agree with you also because when you have women of that caliber, it's just about the opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's not about, man, I'm I'm trying to sell myself as an individual. But no, I'm selling each and every single one of these women as, like, successful individuals who have new music. And you know what? Y'all should be, like, pleased because they're coming out with new music. And here, like you said, it's a concert. And the last thing that I want to discuss on this gratitude tea was <laughs> her mother stone. And so she wanted to close out with singing Donald Lawrence's Encourage Yourself. You know, some things should just be left alone. <laughs> and I just that think- was she <laughs> that was not encouraging. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But I give props to Latavia because <laughs> she 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 got in there and she sang her little part, but it's like Angie, stop with the whole kumbaya moments. Like let it go. And I just I, don't, I think she's not the right fit mm-hmm. to manage all these women. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the bigger problem is, is that she want to be like, okay, cool. Like, be my friend. Be my friend. Let's all be together. Instead of being a businesswoman or a business person in the music industry because she has the history. Okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is what the roadmap of success 
But she's like, oh, I just want everybody to get along and don't argue for the moment. And follow my lead. That's how life is. But no, she's basically put a foot down. Like, if we really want to be successful and you want your music out there, this is the Angie Stone way. X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D equals the rest of the alphabet. And I don't think that's going to work for these women. And I think even at one point after she um, mentioned the showcase, they said, why don't we just say hi, everybody kumbaya, separate, think about different ideas, come come together, and then let's do it as a group. And I think there's a sense of desperation in wanting to be the leader and be the person in charge of what's going on with uh, Angie. I think she's the wrong person for this group. Absolutely. Let's go into Monifa and Kiki. So now, (laughs) Kiki feels a certain way because they haven't spoke since the season two finale when Monifa announced to them that she was uh, engaged with Therese and then all hell broke loose and it was just a mess. We, we, we discussed that in, um, in, in last year's recap, so there's no need to, to, to backtrack. Yeah. But Kiki feels a certain way about it and she feels that she's been acting indifferent toward her. What are your thoughts on this Moni for Kiki thing? I mean, I agree because you have to look at, if you're my best friend, we talk just every other day. We're not best friends, but they're close, right? Well, we're close, but you talk to me like every other day or every week to not speaking to me for like several months. I'm going to feel a certain way because, first of all, I'm going to feel like, what did I do to you to make you like draw back from me? Then all of a sudden, I'm going to question myself. Is it because you got engaged or is it because of something I said or whatever? Granted, Kiki... Everybody knows Kiki. She's a, a loud, outburst-type person. She has real <laughs> her personality is different from everyone else. But you have to take what she says as like a grain of salt. Okay, she said that. Let it go. I'll address it later. Now, what about Monifa saying that it's a two-way street? Because yeah. it's a two-way street, and just as I've sent you text messages, like it seems like the text messages are, hey, what's up? Nothing. What are you doing? Chilling. Yeah. You know, it's those it's those very bland text messages. Mm-hmm. But I that just they think it's the concept of like a lot of times that, and I hate to see this. I hate to say this and trying to be sexist or whatever, where it's more of an emotional affection with women, mm-hmm. where they kind of perceive things like totally different. Than, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas that you can say one thing and they take it like, oh well, I can't believe she said this or a misinterpretation of text. And I think text is the worst type of communication when you're trying to really to relate to somebody, even if it's your best friend or even a stranger, because a lot of times people take it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That's why they gave us phone. Pick up the phone. Let me hear your voice. Let me see what's going on. And I can kind of judge the situation by your tone and your voice. And I think that's what kind of happened with Monifa and Kiki to where that Kiki feels like, hey, Monifa's not talking to me right now. And Monifa's just like, well, we really have nothing to talk about because we're not recording the show anymore. And Which I think is, uh, it says a statement of how Kiki is is really kind of <laughs> immature and handling a lot of her situations of altercations. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, like, it just doesn't allow for you to have any kind of breakthrough or any kind of common ground to be able to talk. I think with Monifa uh, and her relationship, maybe, I mean, sometimes I have friends that I thought we were closer than what we were, and we uh, all of a sudden broke apart, and I couldn't get in contact with them. But handling things like an adult allows for you to get clarity and information. Yeah. With the way she handled herself with Monifa, it's like, 
Like she said, it's, this is how I talk to my brothers and stuff like that. And she was like, I'm not your brother. I'm a, a grown well, woman well, who's well, not related to you by one. But hold that thought because that's episode two. Mm. But now oh. let's just go <laughs> stand back on uh, stand back on episode one. Monifa says that, you know, she's now vegan. She's doing cleansing. She's not trying to be into that whole negative energy. My only problem with Monifa is if you feel that way, if you made some changes, then you need to let people know that you made changes. Just a simple, hey, you know what? You know, I'm I've been I'm engaged now. I feel a certain way or I'm just in a, I'm in a different uh, space. Yeah. She needs to say something. Period. End of the story. Or what she also could have done is now to flip on the flip of that, Kiki did kind of ruin Monifa's announcement during the season 2 finale. Mm-hmm. And so Monifa now could potentially feel that well if Kiki hasn't done any kind of apologizing or say you know my bad girl so it's 50 50 for me I, yeah. can, I can go either way with it i mean i agree on that but a lot of times it's, i just think that a lot of people just kind of take things and hold on to it mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of moving past it and I, and I think that's a lot what happened with monifa because of season two and because this is the thing if i know that you know black kind of shape blurts out certain things or you know i feel like you know that's just his personality I would overlook it, and then I would address it later because mm-hmm. right now I'm having my moment, I'm being happy, and I'll move past it. But I just think what it is, she just kind of took it like to a level of, oh, we really haven't talked to season two, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling a certain way about how you felt on season two about the engagement. And I think she kind of took it real personal instead of like pulling her to the side. I was like, let's have a conversation about my feelings and what's really going on. Well, that's a good way to transition into the whole engagement party. So, Selena has a conversation with Monifa and tells her that she wants to throw an engagement party. Well, for me, it was referenced that they haven't seen each other in nine months. Uh Why throw... I mean, I I get for the sake of TV, but nine months, isn't it kind of late for an engagement party? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. To me, personally, I think it is... What it is, I just think it's one of those situations. Oh, we're coming back to our first episode, and it's like, Mm -hmm. we're throwing you an engagement party. What has happened throughout the time from season one to season two Mm -hmm. that we have to throw you an engagement party now? I think it's just bad planning, bad writing on whoever, on TV one (laughs) overall, because it should should be something more exciting to where it's like, you know what, this, they should have came back with like, this is the wedding, this is where we're getting married at, and that's what the first episode is about, and how much everybody has grown Mm -hmm. over the past nine months, what it's like, and again, it's like, almost like a reunion of, this is my success over the past nine months, not just like, oh, well, we have an engagement party, and Kiki's acting up. Mm-hmm. I to me, I felt like we're going back to the same season two, season two mm-hmm. to where is that? It's the same drama, same nitpicking. Like have have either one of these women grown up at all what, to be successful? Now, what do you guys think about the engagement party? So the engagement party seemed to go off with a hit, uh, without a hitch. It was boring. Every, well, it was boring, but <laughs> it was boring. Down. They they pretty much all arrived. Um, there's no cake, there was no, no food, balloon, yeah. nothing at yeah, all. No the, drinks. It's like, oh, here we go, and and then, and then they were all just sitting on a, on a very you know oval shaped couch, and they were just all sitting there. Where were the other guests? Where were the, you know where were Monifa's friends? Yeah. You know, the social skills at all. Everybody. Where just was the boys there. from Heavy from yeah. Heavy D? You know, like where was other people at? Like, like seriously, it's your happy moment of your life, and you're just sitting, just like I'm sitting beside you, like well, you know. Kiki's acting out. That was the most excitement of the whole engagement party was Kiki. Now, 
Let's talk about Kiki and her blurt. So everything <laughs> seemed to be going nice, smooth, and boring. Mm-hmm. Then Kiki throws the comment, which I don't have my original notes, so I can't remember exactly what Kiki said, but everything was very, very monotone. Was it the uh, liar lake of fire or yes. something? <laughs> yeah. was, it was funny and strange and weird and awkward. And it was Kiki. Yeah. Yeah, but then she tried, well, I guess we'll get to the fact that it's well, a joke, but that's yeah. crazy. And then so Monifa being in a new being, I guess, uh, she's a newborn soul, she was like, what the F you talking about? Like, you know, really? You already turned up at the last one. And then Kiki goes into the confrontation when the two of them was like, well, I just want to know what I did to you. I just want to know what I did with you. Now, I can see from, I'm going to just, I'm going to jump both sides back and forth uh, throughout tonight's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah, but I can see why Kiki was fed up because for me, if I feel a certain way and I'm not getting answers, I'm going to go after you until you give me those answers. Yeah, because it's I kind feel of like, a time and place thing. I know that, but I'm just saying that, like, the outburst was inappropriate. Very. But if she felt a certain way, she wanted and she wanted an answer. It would it would have been better for her to have come if it was if it was that needed to be talked about. It would have been better for her to come in. Everybody's there. It's cool. Slides aside, Monifa, can I talk to you to talk to you? Even if the cameras were to go, just to separate them from it being in front of everybody. She more like was like a little kid that had a tip temper tantrum. In, in a perfect like, world, that would happen, but this is reality TV, so yeah. we it's don't not gonna happen that way in this because, business. You know why? But but Kiki did try to confront Monifa at that gratitude tea and ask her, well, hey, you know. Yeah. So she so she did some, I mean, that's true. Yeah, so she did. But she should have went off then yeah. if it was going to be something to make a stand. But when you're in, like, a public setting and it's, and it's an actual event or engagement, and not to mention so happens this Monifa's situation that's yeah. being celebrated. Yeah. So it's like everything was stacked up for that to be the awkwardest moment to take a stand and want to make – it a big big explosion. That yeah. was the height of the episode. Like yeah. even her <laughs> husband wasn't ready for that. He was he was somewhere chilling because it took him a while to even get into the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he always yeah. come around and be like, yeah, let me go save you. Know, like, like, yeah. Hold up. Uh, so hold up, when she, so when she confronted so when uh, Kiki confronted Monifa and she threw the she threw the little headbutt in there. I don't think that. Was I don't think it was a headbutt. I think that was I just, just ghetto talk. I think and sometimes like, you talk like me. Yeah. How you move your head like yeah, and I'm just saying this right here. Yeah. And I just think that they just kind of over exaggerate the situation. A headbutt is like but more bam. like bam. Okay. Okay. I got that, you. She would okay. headbutt her. Ma- maybe it. maybe it wasn't the headbutt, but it's one thing when you when you but her head was down and she did the whole. But a lot of times people talk with their head down because the fact that one is that they either ashamed of what they're saying mm-hmm. or they're not confident in what they're saying. Oh, and, and I they think just, she was getting at it. I mean, and really it's. Like when you kind of talk with your head, and it's like I'm talking at you, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't. Because a lot of times when you talk to people face to face, people are more intimidated. <laughs> so when you talk with your head, down, I want you to hear what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to be threatening to you. And I think that's what that situation was with Kiki versus like, okay, cool. I mean, you're facing important at you. That's more of a threatening uh, metaphor, like mannerism versus like, okay, cool. I'm talking at you. I want you to understand what I'm saying. I don't think it was a headbutt at all. Okay. And again. It's women, so it's like everything is like exaggerated times ten. So it's like you know what? I just uh, headbutted her, and I didn't even touch her. And so, do you think that Kiki was playing? Because after that, they pulled her to the side, and she said basically that she was playing, 
and that everyone knows that you know that's just her personality. Do you think? Do you think she was playing? I think it's a cop out. I think she knew what she was doing from the very start. She had the what the fair warning when Selena came over was like, yeah. please don't act up. The husband was like, don't act up. Everybody was like. We know you in this situation, you mad, you got these things, but don't act up. The first thing she did was the eye twirl, I'm crazy eye thing. Yeah. And then went from there to getting um, big and boisterous. I just, uh, and then to say that that was a joke, there was no, there was no hee-hees, there was no laugh, there's a girl I'm just playing, there's no breakout of nothing of it. It was no. strictly, say what I said, and then when everybody's going crazy, I'm pretending like I don't know what's going on, and I'm like... Can't nobody take a joke. But you know what? That's just Kiki, though. No matter what, that's just her personality where she like, start something, and I'm going to back away and let the fight fester. I, I, I don't think that is... I don't think that is Kiki. I think she was lying through her freaking teeth. Yep. Um, I think it was a cop-out. Yeah, and, but of course, because she's embarrassed. Yeah, I just... I don't think she, she was a bear. She just didn't want to own up to the fact that she was doing what she was doing. But I yeah. think the whole thing was is that she wanted to say what she had to say, but she didn't really think it was going to escalate to that point. And I think that's what it was, is that, yeah, she said what she said about the lake and the fire, but it was just more or less like, I'm going to say it. Eat my you, Christian and you, and you know what it means. And then if I'm able to walk away from it, I'll walk away from it. But because everybody kept saying, initiating and throwing, like, fuel on a fire, it was just like, oh, I can't believe you acted like this. And she was just kind of <laughs> like, okay, well, you know, I feel a certain way, but overall, I'm okay. I think I know why Kiki's is, is acting that way. Um, I feel that you know, in season one, Kiki didn't have girlfriends. Her husband was her best friend. Yeah. And now that she's allowed herself to step away from her husband, now she has these uh, these divas as her friends. Now it's kind of like a crazy person where it's like, you know, now you're my friend. No, you're going to be my friend. And you're going to take this. I mean, yeah. I kind of understand what you're saying, though, because like when you kind of like break away from like your friend's to introduce yourself to new friends and trusting this person, believing this person, and then all of a sudden the person kind of takes that away from you, you kind of feel a certain way. And mm-hmm. she just really kind of just state how she felt because, you know, she really trusts and she believed in Monifa. And like, yo, you're my friend. I'm going to talk to you. And a lot of times people do this a lot when they mm-hmm. get in relationships and stuff. They're like your best friend until they get in relationships. And when they get in relationships, it's like, oh, they don't even know who you are. And you're like, yo, like, what happened? Like, we used to hang out. You used to call me. We used to go kick it. All of a sudden, you get in a relationship. It's like, you act like you don't know me. Well, I'll but- say in Kiki's situation, I'm sure they was like, oh, cool, let's be friends. And you be friends with her, and then you find out she crazy, and she talk a lot of crap to you, and <laughs> she always doing all this stuff. And you realize, wait, I'm not your husband. I ain't dealing with this. So but, then you got a weird but situation. But at the same time, up. she's so she's so entertaining to me. Yeah, on the like, outside like, looking in, but yeah. sitting next to her dealing with that, that's a weird friendship. She's like a a, a friend bully. Like, <laughs> as long as I can beat you up and poke at you, and we cool, you should be able to deal with because we friends. <laughs> well, and speaking of friends, we feel that you guys are our friends because yeah. you guys are always watching and tuning in. So we want to encourage you guys to continue to go on iTunes and please download rate and subscribe tell a friend and also don't forget about chasing maria on uh oxygen every day tuesday at 10 o'clock uh it's a great reality show we watch it and um it's just every now and then it, we own it yeah <laughs> so it's kind of pop it, up yeah it, it's, <laughs> it's really cool you guys can check it on on oxygen and also believe that it's also on bravo as well and then you can also get it on itunes amazon or on demand so please check out to, uh, chasing maria every tuesdays at 10 p.m pacific standard time catch you all right, so now let's go into episode two of R&B Divas. So last night, 
we had Selena. Well, let, no, let's let's talk about let's talk about uh, let's talk about Mila. So Mila and her four year old son and her I don't want to say baby daddy, but her son's father, uh, music culture. But, <laughs> if you're in your son's life, you're your son's father. But I could have swore they were dating for the longest, but they were introduced as he's just the father. I've always thought that they were dating. Uh, I never even knew it. And well, the you son's know, I fairly young, the so I would imagine they would have been had a baby. He'd probably be in high school, but yeah, for yeah. the son to be so young, it was what? Like four years old. I want to say that I, I recall them, they've been dating for like maybe the past six years. Oh, you got, you got pretty early. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> right. hey, things happen, okay? Yeah, yeah. things happen. <laughs> Surprising. But anyway, you know music, music, so chow. He's an R.B. artist um, and a great singer in his own right. And mm-hmm. so, uh, Mila revealed that her son, who's four years old, um, is suffering with uh, autism. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, it was just br- it was it was mentioned. Um, I w- mean, he seems like a very healthy boy. I don't think it's something that should be. Uh, focused on other than awareness and knowing how to uh, deal with the child because I, I see a very healthy loving relationship yeah. and I and I hate to see just because something no no family is perfect and everybody has somebody in their family that you know needs caring for so the the major fact is that the love and unity is is pure and very strong and that you see a very happy kid and though he has a situation and his mom is there for him his dad is there for him you know he doesn't have to be looked at as a handicap or mm-hmm. he's going through something. I like the fact that he he seems like, you know, very fine and normal and happy. Yeah. My thing is, I hope this is not the presence of like of her story throughout the whole season 3 to where that exactly, it's like she's fighting her kid and music so child feel a certain way because a lot of time when you kind of bring the significant other in in these shows because it's, it always ends up that it's conflict between the two. And I hope that, you know, he's supportive of what's going on. He's supportive of her career. He's supportive of her, of her decision-making of what type of treatment to get the kid. And that's what I would like to see from the episode. But it is reality TV, so we really don't know how much, like, he's going to play into the whole entire season. But it's always good to kind of see, like, you know what, two people together, they're raising the kids, and they're supporting the same cause. Well, we did see another scene with uh, Mila with her in the studio with mo- with music Sochal and so it appears that Mila is embarking on a solo uh, on a solo album yes. now I do recall that she was managed by Faith Evans at some point and she was embarking on a solo career I'm not sure what happened but uh, she's trying to revamp her image and she's trying to go all out the little song that we heard sound cool to me so you know we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah, I mean, yeah. again, she's new to the she's new to the season. Mm-hmm. I think that, and I think overall, it's just really like see how she progressed. Mm-hmm. Not only with her music career, how she progressed with everyone else in the um, the show itself. So now let's go into Selena. So <laughs> Selena has two new deals. Uh, you want to talk about that, Mister uh, Alfred? BMG and Sony Red. Yeah, two opportunities, and two. Uh, she met with uh, Wayne Williams. Yeah, who found. R. Kelly right. and Mystical, mm-hmm. and so and so and so Wayne. So Wayne, I was trying to say something about R. Kelly, but go ahead, go ahead. Good old R. Well, Kelly's is a good album. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 
she has the option of either going with Sony or with R. Kelly's um, new uh, label called, I think, Astronaut. What was it called? I think? Astronaut. Yeah, yeah, Astronaut. And so um, I was watching it with someone, and someone was like, the obvious choice would obviously to be R. Kelly. I don't think so. I think Sony would be the better choice. Um, what do you think? I think it depends on the situation. Like, um, from what I hear, R. Kelly is really hands-on with the artist that he works with. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, a lyrical genius as far as songs go. And, I mean, sometimes you need that family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, it, it, Sony may be, you know, a good uh, a go-to because it is a, a foundation that's been around for so long. Right, and I feel that they would have the financial backing. R. Kelly will be able to, you know, give some some jams or some cuts, but will R. Kelly's new record label be able to push, especially with the fact that R is on tour? Well, actually, this was shot prior to, but, you know, mm-hmm. R. Kelly just released his CD, uh, uh, I think, last year, early yeah. this year, and he's on tour right now. So mm-hmm. how much time does R. Kelly have to, de- uh, to, de- um, to devote his time to Selena's album? You well, know what I'm saying? That will... Hopefully, like, well, unfortunately, she only has the one song situation going yeah. on, it, and and she needs a lot of music. But then you you would hope that the experience and the the tenure that she's had in her career would apply, and hopefully she knows where she wants to kind of go. Is you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yay, everybody needs help, but at this point in her career, she should know who she is overall mm-hmm. to get most of the work done. And R. Kelly should only have to download stuff, listen to it, send stuff back, if anything, from mm-hmm. on, on tour. This this is the thing that, between Sony and R. Kelly, so you have to think about what type of crowd Sony is going to promote her to. Because, one, you have to look at the age factor, and you got to look at her history overall. I think Sony is a bad deal, only because of the fact that what Sony has to provide for her. I actually, I'm going to totally flip that, and I'm going to totally agree with you. I think R. Kelly would be the best uh, market because they may try to Sony may try to put her into a market that doesn't really fit her. She's basically if you listen any if you listen to the stations out in, uh, out here in L A. She's KGLH one hundred two point three FM or she's in the Bay. She's KBLX. She's for that. Um, what is it? Adult contemporary. Yeah. Like Pa one hundred six and and uh, Kiss is not going to play Selena Johnson unless. Exactly. She got two <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and that's the thing you have to also look at, and that's what I said with R. Kelly, because mm-hmm. R. Kelly is still releasing albums. He's still doing mm-hmm. tours. He's still signing. Because what does that mean? He made himself timeless. Lo- as long as he's doing tours, yeah. Selena has an opportunity to grow her career and grow mm-hmm. her fan base. Sony's not going to provide that, because what Sony has to do, mm-hmm. Sony has to remarket her and rebrand her to a specific, to a specific market because mm-hmm. she hasn't been in the industry and been relevant in the industry for for several years, probably mm-hmm. a decade now. Mm-hmm. But with R. Kelly, he has that mm-hmm. already to where mm-hmm. you know what I have Selena Johnson coming out. She, she's basically opened up for me and she's the big Pretty headline. Much. So what end up what what that end up doing is that she end up gaining R. Kelly fans by doing her, by doing his show and eventually two years from now doing her own shows. That's that's a great point. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Selena's sister. So there was a conversation that Selena had with her sister um, about, yeah, it, it, it really was. It was real tragic and so sad. sad. And so Selicia had a moment where she felt like she didn't want to be in the entertainment industry. She didn't want to do any managing. And she was seven months pregnant. And during her pregnancy, the baby stopped breathing. So she had to give birth to the baby, although the baby was not alive. And then, at, then while she was 
having labor and going through what she was going through, she had to do things for her sister. She had to work on an album release, probably the album that she did with Music Soul Child. Mm -hmm. And so she had to work while she was going through that. And I, I mean, I cannot imagine what she was going through to be able to have to deliver a, a number one baby inside inside of her. This is my thing. It's very tragic that she had to go through that. But a lot of times when you, you're you a manager and you have artists, you have assistants. Mm -hmm. So what you can't do, your assistant is able to manage that with the artist and let them know that, you know what, this is what I need to do. I'm out of the office for the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. This is what I need need you, to, need you to do. And you check in with that and then everything kind of runs. I feel bad that she lost mm -hmm. the baby, but overall... Was she like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that mm -hmm. for you? That's why you have people she wasn't prepared. Yeah, um, exactly. Another situation. Hand raise. I don't believe Selena Johnson makes this. Is, I'm not dissing Selena. I don't believe she has enough money to be able to have her sister as, he is, as a manager and then have an assistant. I mean... But overall, you have to look at that. She's talking about album release part. If it's music, who album was it? Music Soul Child, right? Yeah, I believe it was her. So music yeah. Soul Child album. So primarily, his people would take no, care of that. No, I think, didn't they, didn't they do a dual album, right? Am I right? See, they, can't, they couldn't do a dual album because she only had one song. She okay. only had one song right now. So basically, she's probably was featured on mm -hmm. several album. tracks of Music mm -hmm. Soul Child mm -hmm. album. So... Mm -hmm. Primarily, she's not doing the marketing and the promotion and the album release part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she might be doing the publicity for Selena so she can have, like, extra shots mm -hmm. and extra publicity. But overall, it's like he's basically promoting the album and he's basically taking care of all, all of that. For her to be like, well, you know, I'm delivering a baby and it's an album release party. Yes, cool, but again. Get help. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the bottom line what it is. You, she's not relevant or pertinent enough in the industry right now with one song to where you feel like, oh, well, you can't pretty much have a baby and still live your life because she's not on tour. She's not doing photo shoots. She's not doing album release parts. She doesn't have an EP at all. So overall, like what you're saying right now, I feel sorry for you, but it's not relevant. They're going to they gonna give it to you on Twitter. I don't care. But it's the truth, though, because I deal with people in the music industry all the time, and I know how it works, and I work with artists. I know how album release parties are. Again, if it's not my album that I'm releasing, if I'm featured on Black's album, you know, it's his people who's basically promoting the album release party. I'm just basically focusing on, like, okay, cool. Larice Peoples is going to be there. He's got publicity. And I'm, like, 25% of the actual album release party. Mm-hmm. I just think it's uh, it goes to show, once you get in the industry and you believe this is what you want to do for the rest of your life, you got to think of it holistically. You got to see unfortunate situations coming. Not like, oh, stuff is happening because, I mean, you can't tell the future, but you should set up your company or your whole image or your whole process to have functions and relationships that can come in because it's not necessary maybe at that before that happened she could handle everything by herself and everything was rocking cool but at the same time with all this time that she's been in the industry i'm sure she's met other managers or other people that if something like that were to have gone down that they should have been able to reach out to people exactly but if you yeah. didn't do the homework that it takes to make a successful product of your your career because when it comes to our talent being actors or singers or dancers or whatever 
it's something that can easily go away at a drop of exactly. Money. And the fact I'm gonna just I'm gonna <clears throat> jump on you t- on you guys' side just for a second. And the fact that they have to resort to Mama, Mama Johnson. Oh, <laughs> Lord, it's a hard day. <laughs> Mama, hey, Johnson, Mama, Mama Johnson. He, wait, wait, she's. They was like, they was like, Mama, you don't even you don't even do the computer. Um, yes, I do. I watch all the messages on Facebook. Like YouTube's like, and like what is like literally like you have and that's and that's one of the things that you have to realize that when you have family and friends working for you, you're mm. not gonna basically get the attention or the support that you need because you know why they have a separate life too. When you're not paying somebody and people kind of working for you as a favor, you're not gonna basically get what you need out of life. And you mm-hmm. can't really have high expectation of a person because, again, her sister having a baby, she's seven months pregnant, I would have had an assistant mm-hmm. working along with me because at the end of the day, so I'm going I'm mm-hmm. to be out of the office. Uh, I'm not going to be able to carry this business on for like, after I have the baby for like two months because I want to be at home with my kid. So I have an assistant. And so with Selena and her career, again, she has one song. She's not dropping the album. She's not dropping the EP. She has one song. But let me say this. With the emergence of her appearing on RB Divas, she probably has a lot of um, uh, a lot of concert spots mm-hmm. where she's able club to dates. travel, club dates. She's able to, to tour and make her money and capitalize off the fact that she has, um, you know, that she's back in the limelight to, to a specific market. This is the thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> you... I agree with you on that, but overall, though, but this is season three. Mm-hmm. Out of three seasons, how many songs have you made? Which basically means you've been recording for three years. <laughs> so where's your music? Are you trying to break back into the music industry? How serious do you take your career? Not trying to say anything bad about Selena, but it's all about, okay, cool. As a manager, as an artist, as a as a producer, as a performer, I'm going to do something for three years. I'm going to have more than one song I, to go to a record label and be like, you know what? I only have one song. What should I do? I agree. I feel like all of the ladies should have put out something by now, even put out two, uh, put out two projects, because the reality is when you're on a reality show, sometimes you can get producers to come on and do the music because they're for getting free. exposure or you can pay them on the back end with a point, but that's a little too much and some of you guys may not want to hear that. So <laughs> let's go into let's go into Monifa. So there was a couple things um that was highlighted for Monifa. And so the first thing was Monifa and Therese, they want to um start planning the wedding. So Therese said that they wanted it to be um warm, uh warm climate friendly and and um a city that accepts. That accepts. Um, I guess the marriage. The marriage, yeah. and so, but I think we saw. On the, I think we saw on on the preview for the season itself. It looks like they're gonna get married in like Hawaii or something. Oh, yeah. So somewhere. So um, so that was that. And then Therese, I'm not Therese, but Monifa wants to have liposuction. This is my thing about liposuction, and this come from my perception of being a, a personal trainer for so many years. Mm-hmm. Liposuction, really, it takes around about six to eight weeks to recover. Mm-hmm. Why not take that time to really to work on your body for six to eight weeks? But somebody who hasn't worked out and who hasn't trained, mm-hmm. you can lose a good 15 pounds and be in better shape than you would with liposuction. Because with liposuction, you still have to train your body, work out, and tone the muscles in your body. You're taking away fat, but you still have muscle that's underdeveloped. Give me the bunny. 
Like, seriously, <laughs> give, like, give me the money that's going to cost you to pay someone to do liposuction for you and the six to eight weeks of pain that you're going to be in. And I promise you, I can get you 15, pounds, 15, 20 pounds lighter and a better shape, and you can have the curves that you want. Mm-hmm. I think that it's with her deciding to go to liposuction, I think it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, I, I mean... You know the the trainer. Her name was Donna Richardson. They were at they were at a at some kind of walk. Cow's walk. They was at yeah. They were at a walkathon for uh, Tamika Raymond, who is the ex wife of uh, Ursha Raymond, mm-hmm. and uh, she wasn't <laughs> featured. But yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, it was, yeah, was, was, was. She wasn't featured, but it was referenced that it was for her. It was for a charity. Uh, you know, Tamika lost a son a couple years ago, but um, and so that's when that's when Monifa revealed it. I agree with you. Um, I agree with you also, Larice, that I feel surgery is the easy way out. And the way that she sweet-talked Therese, because Therese seemed like she wasn't into it, too. She was like, but I want to look good for the wedding. Okay, well, if you're going to get married in five, six months from now, go exercise. It's cheaper to pay a trainer and have a regular eating routine. You know what it is? It's the fact that you have to be accountable for yourself Mm -hmm. to lose this weight. And that's why a lot of times people have liposuction because they're not accountable anymore. It's like, oh, I can go here, have a surgery, be in pain for like six to eight weeks, and I'm okay. But, again, you have to be accountable for the workout after the surgery because, again, you have to tone your muscles. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just say this. Um, I'll jump on the other side because I've... Never had weight problems. <laughs> we like, thanks, man. <laughs> I've never had weight problems, so I don't know what it feels like to have excess weight. And so for uh, for a lot of people, they feel that it's the it's the best way to do it because maybe they can't exercise or, or maybe it's too it's too much uh, pain to walk. Or so I'm just I'm just saying in defense for people who who do plastic surgery and who get liposuction. I don't know what it feels like to have that much weight on them, but I sometimes can look and see the pain that people endure just as they're walking. So I'm just, I'm just saying. But my, my thing from a professional perspective, and like I said, I've done training probably like eight years plus, is that liposuction takes away the fat in your body. But even after liposuction, you have to heal. But then you have to also develop the muscle mm-hmm. in your body. So you still have to go through the same routine of going to the gym, working out, basically putting yourself on a specific eating plan. But the thing about liposuction is, even though you got you get liposuction around your waist, fat comes back in other areas of your body. That's what people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, you can liposuction in your waist, but then you can get fat deposit in your legs. You can get fat deposit in your cheeks. Mm-hmm. You get fat deposit in your back. And then you just feel like, what happened to me after, like, five years? You're like, man... I feel like I gained all the fat back when my midsection is small, but I got extra fat in my back versus going to the gym and let's get you on a workout routine, get you on a specific diet. If you're going to spend five to $8,000 on a liposuction surgery, spend the $5,000, $8,000 on a trainer where you can have this life. It becomes a lifestyle. That's very true. That's what it is. And the fact that she's she's going vegan. I also, I also feel that it's too quick. Mm. If you are just now going vegan, if you're just now going on this whole new way of living, yeah. like, you know, for me, I've, I went gluten-free and, <laughs> and I lost even more weight when I went gluten-free because I wasn't eating all the wheat, I wasn't eating all the all the breads and stuff, and I immediately lost more weight. So when you are when you adapt and, you, and your body um, uh, goes on, you know, changes, you're naturally going to lose weight. So 
I just feel like it's too fast. But you know, 80, like weight loss is eighty percent of it is the diet that you eat on yeah. a day to day basis, and the amount of calories and what and the food that you consume. Twenty percent between vitamins and supplements and your workout. So eighty percent is change your eating habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. What do you guys think about? Um, we have two more things to go over. So um, Selena and Kiki had a meeting and Selena basically gave Kiki the business. I think the whole head when she said Kiki headbutter her and did I don't think it was a headbutt and again I just think the the super exaggeration of what people perceive mm-hmm. versus like okay cool instead of asking a question like Kiki were you really trying to headbutt mm-hmm. Monifa? And she was like no let it go and move <clears throat> on. But what did you think about the fact that Kiki was completely oblivious to her head even in the direction of Monifa's space. I don't, I don't think she was in a caring position the whole time. It was all about how she felt and getting her words out and her yeah. emotion out, despite the fact that she could. I, I like I said, I think she was just lying about the situation, knowing that she was messing it up mm-hmm. and being childish. But I think it's even more obvious that if she's gonna choose the child route, it's hard coming at a child like a child. And I think in a lot of situations, you know. I don't even think there was no need. As long as she didn't have butter, the main thing was to get them to a point where she couldn't act up anymore. And exactly. I think Selena and all the other girls get drawn up into it. And, and it's even going to, it even spills over to the new girls when they get together and talk. It's like um, Mila talking about there's a little bitch inside of her. I said, no, nah, I was hoping there would be a nice girl, but <laughs> damn it. Yeah, but, but I think the whole thing, what it is, a lot of time when people confront other people, they focus on a neg- they focus mm-hmm. on the negative and versus like a solution, how yeah. to make the situation better. And I think that's what really kind of hurts a lot of times when confrontations happens. Like, oh, well, you did this, you did that. Start pointing the finger. But let's see, like, you know what, Kiki? Let's see how, how can we resolve this. What's gonna make the situation better for you? I don't know. For me, with it being three seasons, that's too old in the game for this. Yeah, you're right. I mean. But that's just who she is, though. But see, but for me, that's just not acceptable. It's not acceptable that somebody should get a pass because that's just how they are. It's not a it, pass. Because then that's like looking at Donald Sterling being like, it's just because that's how he is. But it is just how, how he is. Choose, <laughs> but you choose your you choose your words. You choose how you feel about things. You mm-hmm. choose how you deal with people. And I think, not to go that extreme, but in Kiki's uh, situation, Despite this is who I am, there becomes a maturity and wisdom that goes by. This is how I act. This is what happens. And I, this is how I act. This is what happens. When is that going to become uh, I want things to be better? And she seems like she wants it, but she wants it her way. But exactly. She wanted her way. But the whole thing is like this is how she is. But at the same time, you have to set her straight. But like, Kiki, you know what? You was wrong for this, that, and other. And this is how I felt. So she can understand how you felt. Not versus like, okay, well, let me show you what you did wrong. Monifa should have been the only person that told her, like, you know what, Kiki, this is what you did wrong. If you feel a certain way, you should address it to me. But Selena coming to her like, oh, you you headbutt, you almost headbutted her. It's not Selena's place. Well, that is true. I'll give, I agree. It wasn't Selena's place, but Monifa and Kiki did talk again. And the conversation seemed pointless. Monifa Mm -hmm. basically just said, She blew it off. She blew it off and said, you know, you're in a space where I'm not sure if I can even invite you to my... And I think that was the most immature thing about her because she should have addressed the issue and handled the situation in. Because now what it is is that Kiki feels a certain way that, oh, Monifa don't want me to be there. Maybe she don't want to be my friend. And Monifa feels a certain way. It's like, I don't 
know what's happening with Kiki because I don't know how Kiki gonna happen. Like, you know what, Kiki? This is what it is. We're gonna nip it in the bud. We're gonna be open and honest about everything. And that's just how it is. And that's what happened with this whole entire show is that nobody's open and honest with each other. And they say, oh, well, we let stuff happen and it slides and that's it. Do you think that if Monifa really tells Kiki how she feels, that Kiki's going to listen or accept it? Or do you think Kiki's gonna go off? Because there are some people that no matter, um, no matter what you say or do or how you try to convey your feelings, they're going to take it a certain way, and it's almost pointless. But I, I was always taught that it's, 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 it's better to be open and honest with someone, with mm. someone than to sit and try to sugarcoat something. And no matter if she's like, whether Kiki receive it in a negative way or a positive way or just receive it in her own way. Again, Monifa's honest about, okay, cool, Kiki, this is what it is. The bottom line, seriously, and like you can convey, and the thing about it is, everybody yells on the show. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to yell to get your point across. Because, like, when you're yelling at somebody and somebody else ain't yelling back at you, you're the fool. And then Monifa tell her in, the, in a way, like, you know what? This is what a kiki. If you want to talk to me, you're going to have to stop yelling and let's be respectful of each other. No matter how, how mad you get, this is the bottom line. And I think Kiki would listen to that because, again, it's like a child. A child sitting there screaming <laughs> all, all the time. And it's like, okay, well... They don't understand when they're screaming and stuff, or you're screaming at them. They basically blocks you out, and it's like overall, like I have to talk to you in a sense of you know what, this is the bottom line, and that's I hate to say it, but but this is how they might have to treat her in a sense like you know what, I can't talk to you unless you really talk to me like a regular person. I'm sorry, but that's just I'm just I'm just laughing. I'm laughing at how you at how at how you said child. It's the truth, though, because, like, a lot of times when when you start yelling at kids, kids turn off and they don't listen to you. And that's probably what it is with Kiki because the fact that you're yelling at her and she feels like she's more superb than everybody else, so she stopped listening. Yeah. But when you talk to her in a sense, like, you know, we're going to talk like an adult. Don't yell at me and I won't yell at you. No matter how angry you get, nobody yells in this conversation right now. And I think she will basically receive it more so than, like, okay, it's a yelling match. Well, Kiki, the last thing that we're going to do before we wrap up, Kiki was having a conversation with her brother saying that, you know, she, I, the first thing I thought about, I had thought, okay, maybe she's pregnant. So Kiki mentioned to her brother how sometimes um, she throws up, she doesn't feel well. She has all, she has probably, yeah. She said, you're the guy in me and I'm the girl in you. I was going to get to that. That that was hilarious. Okay, comedy, but go ahead. Yeah, want me to cut you off. Yeah. I had to say <laughs> so her brother asked, "Well, are you pregnant?" Now, Kiki Wyatt already has six children. Did she already say she wanted one more the last season? Probably. That was the um, point. And so I think <laughs> Kiki's pregnant. I think she's probably pregnant. Yeah, and that's probably why she's because she even told Latavia she was like. You know, I'm emotional. I'm a sissy girl. Yeah. And so, because she's, she's cried in uh, numerous times in both of these episodes. I think Kiki's pregnant, but we can talk about that during uh, the prediction. Do you guys have anything else? This is my we... thing. You're a woman with six kids. You don't know when you're pregnant. Yes. <laughs> That's she the should thing already know. You should already know. You went through the six-town prior. Like, you know what? I think I'm pregnant. I think I need to take a test. I appreciate... When I get the hiccups, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm pregnant. I thought, I thought that, too. I think Kiki knows she's pregnant, but I think she's playing for the camera. Me, personally. I, could, I, I agree. On baby number seven, you 
absolutely know when you're pregnant. First of all, baby number six, I'm like, baby, do you have any more kids? No, I don't have no kids. Okay, cool. On this delivery method, let's get them burn clip tied, whatever. We're not having no more kids. <laughs> Wait, as a matter of fact, when we met Kiki, what that was child number five, right? Yeah. Oh, day two. Exactly. Wow. You got to stop sometime. No. And, uh... Oh, well, let's, let's go into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. All right, who wants to start first? I think there's going to be more drama with, between Kiki and Monifa because the issue is not even resolved. And I think it's really going to cause an issue between Selena because she's kind of like... The, um, she's the almost like the voice uh, the voice of reason right now amongst everybody. I think Angie Stone hopefully <laughs> gets chopped off of her leadership block and becomes a team player, hopefully. I don't... I don't know if that's a real prediction. That's a, a wannabe prediction. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think uh, Kiki's pregnant. I think that Mila and Latavia are going to get into something because I don't see them being able to handle an argument with any of the other women. I think if anything goes down, I think the two of them will have each other's back. You know, uh, they were they came out around the same time. They probably knew each other. So I think if anything goes down, it'll be those two defending against the, the old dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think Kiki's pregnant, and there's something next week that we'll see with Angie Stone's daughter, which ironically she was missing from last night's episode. But mm-hmm. next week we see Angie and her daughter, and there's rift between Angie and her daughter. So that should be pretty interesting for somebody to call Angie out on her bush. <laughs> yeah, especially when she's trying to be so motherly to everybody. Right? Else. Don't they look alike? Right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then she calls out Latavia, questioning her about is she comfortable enough to be uh, singing uh, solo. Singing solo. But let's keep it real. Latavia was not a lead singer. Mm-hmm. She didn't lead. I, think, I was like, did she have a? a there a, was. I, I think. A? On the, I think. I think the writing on the wall, there was a part where it was like, I think she had like two little parts or something. Yeah. And she and she sang the low note for Destiny's Child. I think she sang like the alto tenor part when they used to do the harmony. Yeah. So I guess that's a valid reason or a, a valid question to ask. Is she ready to become a solo artist? So what is her purpose here on R&B Divas? I got a question. Is anybody on R&B Divas Atlanta ready to become a solo artist and put out music? I want to hear at least somebody come out with an EP, an album, or something this season. Yeah, well, we'll keep watching. We'll keep watching, mm-hmm. and I hope you guys tune in to us every week as we recap R&B Divas uh, Season 3 Atlanta. Let everyone know where you can be found on social media. I'm Larice People, and you can find me at Truth Peoples on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, <clears throat> check out TruthPeoples.com. Out for Thomas, you can find me at All Eyes on Black. And I'm Bear Merrickson. You can also find me on um, Instagram and Twitter and all that other good stuff. So check me out at Bear Merrickson. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV for uh, R&B Divas Atlanta. We will see you guys next week. We back, huh? There you go. We back. <laughs> Is that D'Angelo's Season three? daughter? No, I thought D'Angelo's, that's his son, right? I don't know. I feel yeah. it. He got a kid Ooh. with her. Well, you know, Angie Stone and yeah. D'Angelo. They got a kid. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Is that the baby daddy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.